Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I really value the scriptures and the word of God. We're going to read a lot out of the book of Acts today. And I want to just invite you to this understanding that the healthy church is one that has a temple and a table. The temple and the table. We're going to look in the book of Acts to see how they modeled this because the book of Acts is an amazing um, book. It's actually a prototype. It's not just a historical document, okay? It's a, it's a prototype for what the church is supposed to look like. If you don't know the story, the day of Pentecost, the Spirit is poured out. People speak in other languages. It's crazy. And then they have 3,000 people added to their number in one day. 120 becomes 3,120. It's crazy. In one day, this amazing move of God. And the church is established. And then the church begins to model for us what it looks like to be healthy. Amen? And so the book of Acts is a prototype. Say prototype. It's not just a historical document. It's a prototype. Amen? And so I want you to understand that when they went to the temple and when they went to the table, they were modeling for us how we're to do church. And I want, to, I want to jump into that. So a little while ago, we unveiled something called the TRP Way. It sounds kind of mystical, but it's just like a centering on who we really are. We are a people of prayer. We are a people of humility. We're a people of bold authenticity. We're a people of intimate connection, and we're a people of devoted worship. Those last two, intimate connection and devoted worship, those last two were modeled extremely well in the early church, and I want to point it out today. So... Let's read Acts 2, verse 42 to 47. This is after the Spirit's poured out, and this is the first thing, the first synopsis of how the church went about being the church upon the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me so far? Everybody okay? All right. Good Bible students. I want good Bible students in this church, you know. Yeah, we charismatic crazy, but we study the scriptures. It should be both, not either or. Amen? Amen? Okay. Acts 2, 42, verse 40, through verse 47, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Say, and. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. Say, and. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, say, and. <laughs> day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. This is a prototype for the healthy church, the temple and the table. I understand we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple is no longer a place. It's a people. Amen. That's 1 Corinthians 6, that do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? That's true. And yet, after the Holy Spirit was poured out and they became the temple, they still went to the temple day by day. Did you hear that? It became a different use for that gathering place. All right? And we got to make sure we don't step into the either-or trap of the Western church. There are people shouting from the rooftops that this is actually inappropriate and ineffective. They're saying the big gathering doesn't work. It doesn't work. We should stop. We just need micro or house churches or small groups. That's what we need, and that's how we'll really make disciples. 
And then there's others saying, are you crazy? Forget small groups. We need to teach the word. We need to worship God together. We need to have the big weekly events so that we get infused with strength and grace and then go out into the community. And you'd say, which one's right? I would say, yes. (laughs) It's a big old and in the scriptures here. It says, look at verse 46 through 47 again. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. We've got this either or trap. It's not either or, it's both and. It is both and. This is sacred, and so is the table. This, you're at the temple gathering right now. This is, again, we're the temple. This isn't a temple. We're in a warehouse, for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Like, I remember moving in, and next door, our, our neighbor, he's Jewish. He literally said, why would you want to have church in a warehouse? And I had to say, and I was like, well, I know you're Jewish. You know the temple, all that stuff. He's like, yeah. I was like, well, we believe we become the temple, so church happens wherever we go. We just need a place. We just need a spot. And he was like, cool. You know, he's like, what? You know, it was awesome. Anyway, I love that guy. He's great. Day by day, attending the temple together. That's what you're doing today, attending the temple. The temple, what is it? It's a time of corporate prayer. Amen? It's a time of reading and studying the scriptures, of teaching, of worship. It's a time of corporate encounter with the true and living God. You need to understand that we gather to encounter Jesus together. Those words are very specific. I've been saying that for five and a half years. This August will make six years we planted this church, okay? Six years already. See the grace? Anyway, um, (laughs) do you see the grace and the grace? I hope. Anyway, so the Lord spoke to me very specifically. The purpose of our gatherings, temple gatherings, is encountering Jesus together. Encountering Jesus together. Why? Because I'm not here for my brother, my sister. We're not here for each other. We're here with each other for the Lord. Did you hear the distinction? The temple is about being with each other, but not for each other. You're like, I don't feel connected. It's because you probably only do temple. I just don't feel like there's community. It's because you probably only do temple. You're not doing table. You got to have the temple and the table. Me and Joseph, we were at a table on Friday. We were hanging out, just having lunch because we're brothers. That's what it looks like to be the church. And he bought me fish tacos. They were great. Shrimp tacos. They were awesome. I didn't know he was paying. I was surprised. It was wonderful. You don't know Joseph. You need, jo- you need to know Joseph. He's here. He's among us. He's our brother. But that can't happen. A hundred people cannot meet Joseph today in any real significant way. Are you with me? Because this is not what it's for. We're here with each other for the Lord. The temple is about being with the Lord for each other. Did you hear that? The table is about, it's about fellowship. That's the breaking of the bread. This is where you discuss what God is saying, discussing the scriptures. This is where you argue like family. Come on, somebody. This is where you say, I don't see it that way. Why do you think that? I don't see the Lord that way. That's not what that scripture means in my opinion. And you have discussion. It's healthy. It's good. This is also a time of praise to God in a different context. You know, worship is not just singing. Praise is not just singing. It's a posture of your heart. It's extolling the Lord. Is saying, God is good, bro. Like, God did this, and he's amazing. I love the Lord. So thankful for him. That's the table. So get this. Temple, we go with each other for the Lord. Table, we go with the Lord for each other. Do you see why you need both? 
because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's great. But we're going with him for one another when we go to the table. And these are ordinary rhythms that make way for extraordinary miracles. You know, extraordinary is just extraordinary. People's like, I want the glory cloud. I want angels to walk in. I felt like the Lord walked in here today earlier. Like I felt I could like smell his robe. It was crazy. Like uh, that's what we're going for. That's great. And we're like, we want it to be spontaneous. We want it to be spirit-led. I think we don't really understand the word spontaneous under the sovereignty of God, okay? <laughs> Let me help some of our, our, some of us here are like, it's got to be spontaneous. It's got to be led by the Spirit. It's got to be, like, a lot of your spontaneous interpretation is like, God planned that before the world began. So it's not all that spontaneous in heaven's eyes. It's just spontaneous for us because we didn't know the plan. Okay? So I want to show you from the scriptures that ordinary rhythms in the spirit make way for extraordinary miracles in the spirit. The ordinary makes way for the extraordinary. We do the ordinary thing like show up every Sunday. It's just ordinary. This is where we go. This is where we meet. And God puts the extra on it. And we have a great time. We have an encounter with the Lord. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're not the one bringing the extra. I mean, some of us are a little extra. But we're not bringing the extra. The Lord is bringing the extra. We're bringing the ordinary. Amen? I mean, it's just like, it's just a keyboard. You know, I mean, it's just notes. Oh, it's, it's muted. That ruined my example. Anyway, it's just symbols. It's just chairs. It's just a warehouse. It's ordinary until the Lord moves on it. Are you hearing me? But it takes that rhythm. If we want the extra, we need to lean into the ordinary rhythms of life in the spirit. I'm going to show you two places. So let's go to Acts chapter 3. We're going to read 1 through 10. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. Going as fast as I can. The bucks don't play till 3 anyway. So. And we need to pray for the secondary in Jesus' name. Help them, Lord. They're going into the lion's den. We need a Daniel anointing on the buccaneers. Shut the mouth of the lion. I'm not prophesying, I'm being silly, but please pray for our secondary. Oh, my Lord. His name is Carlton Davis III. Pray for him. We need help. That's so bad. Caleb, okay. Uh, the people that are at table with me know how passionate I am about the Buccaneers, and that's totally kosher. If we've only done Temple, you might be like, this guy's ridiculous. That's okay. I understand. Let's talk about the temple. Acts 3, 1 through 10. It says, now Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. Everybody say, at the hour of prayer. This was a regular event. Okay? Nine in the morning. This is what they did at nine in the morning. Every day. Day by day, temple breaking bread in their homes. Right? Every day. This was an ordinary moment for them. Are you with me? The rhythm of their life. The ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried from whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask for alms of those entering the temple. Alms are uh, gifts, money, help, because he can't walk, he can't work. So this guy is there every single day. You know, Peter and John went there every single day. This was not the first day. This was not an extraordinary moment. Are you following me? This was an ordinary moment. There's the guy. He can't walk, we know. He's asking for money. There he is again. There he is again. Every day. Are you following and it says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, which 
he probably saw him them before. He asked to receive alms, which he probably did like yesterday. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. So every day he's looking at them, but today they looked at him. Something is brewing. But it's because there was an ordinary rhythm. The only reason they were there is because that's what they do at this time of day, every single day. This is what this guy does. Are you following me? And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. There's so many messages in here. I got to keep moving. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. Why did they recognize him because that's the dude every day we see him every day we all recognize we know that guy how is he walking and leaping and praising God do you understand that without the ordinary there would be no context for the miracle the only reason they're shocked is because they know that guy they've seen him they know him they know it's a part of their life all the people saw him walking and praising God, recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazing, amazement at what had happened to him. Ordinary rhythm. Extraordinary miracle. This is one of the first miracles recorded through the apostles in the book of Acts. Again, it's a historical document. That really happened. Amen? You understand that this isn't like a fairy tale? That really happened. But it's not just for us to look back and go, wow, that was awesome. Look at what happened. It's a prototype. It's a prototype. You're like, ah, I haven't seen many miracles lately. Well, what's your spiritual rhythm like? It says if we have begun in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us walk with the Spirit. Keeping in step with the Spirit, Galatians 5. What does that mean? That means there's a rhythm to it. You got to keep walking. You got to keep in rhythm. You got to keep moving. There's ordinary rhythm that he puts his extra on. That's the temple. Let's look at the table. Now, this is um, a little bit complicated to set up, but Acts, we're going to jump to Acts 12. And this is, Peter is in prison for preaching Jesus. Come on, somebody. I love it. I have a little bit of a, uh, probably an immature place in me that's like, that's awesome. Like, I kind of want it a little bit, like maybe too much. I don't know. I know. Nicole Smiley just turned her head like, Caleb, no. I know. Something, I'm admitting my immaturity to you, okay? So I got issues, y'all. Inauthenticity is not one of them. I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a boldly authentic person. I kind of like, I don't know. It's exciting to me to think, like, someone might walk in here and try to take this microphone from me for preaching Jesus. Something about that, like, lights me up on the inside. I don't know. I know. It's, I got problems. I'm growing. Amen? You're all freaked out now. You're like, what? You know, no, seriously. That's what happened. He's in prison for that. And this comes to this moment, this, this miracle happens. And it says in verse 6 of chapter 12, Now when Herod was about to bring him out, this is Peter, on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. This is a big detail for one dude, just so you know. Usually they just lock the door and say, all right, bro. You're locked in a cage. You can't get out. 
This guy's locked in a cage behind sentries with two guys sleeping on his side, either side, with chains. Okay, they're like, this guy ain't going nowhere. All right, this is extra, like, <laughs> crazy. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. Isn't that amazing? Something about it wasn't amazing enough because it didn't wake Peter up. Right? It says, he struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, get up quickly. The angel had to, like, kick him. I could just see the angel just, like, coming in the cell, like, ah, I'd be like, really? <laughs> Hello? Angel person here. <laughs> anyway, you can see it. He struck him on the side and woke him. Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. He thinks it's, it's just happening in the spirit in his mind. That when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. Can you imagine? He's walking down the thing and like, there's the guard. Looked right at me. I just keep walking. <laughs> or maybe he's asleep and they're just like. The light everywhere, the angel, like, angels are pretty obvious when they show up like that, you know what I mean? Like, the whole thing's lit up. Anyway, it's amazing to me. You slow down, like Abraham said, slow down and actually read this stuff. So they led to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord. So the gate just goes, all by itself. And they went out and came along one street, and immediately the angel left him. He's like, job done. I'm out. So here's Pete in the street, just going, what happened? When Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod, from all that the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, and where many were gathered together and were praying. You see the table? Peter knew where to go. He's like, it's not the hour of prayer. Not going to the temple. Nobody's there. Where are they? Oh, they're meeting house to house. I know where to find them. And he knocked at the door of the gateway. A servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice. In her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, you're out of your mind. <laughs> Some of you, they've said that to you. You're out of your mind, but you really saw Peter. You really saw it. They said, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, no, it is his angel. Listen to me. I hope you're picking this up because I got to end like right now in a couple minutes here, all right? The miraculous was so commonplace, they believed it was his angel more than they believed their prayers were answered. Think about this. You think that they're having a prayer meeting about anything else? Peter's in jail. Like he's going to lose his head for, for the living Christ. You think they're praying about anything else? You think it's just like one bullet point on the agenda? All right, we got to pray for Peter and, you know, Thomas's thumb and, you know, Josie's mom. And they're in there praying for Peter. And it makes more sense to them that it's his angel at the door than their prayer being answered. How commonplace does the miraculous and angelic activity have to be for your logical conclusion to be that it's his angel, not the answer of our prayer? Whoa. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the prototype for us. 
the temple and the table. It's the ordinary. He wants to put his extra on. So it says, but Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him. I can just imagine. He's like, I got out of a jail by myself. I can't make it into my own prayer meeting. He's like standing back, like blinking, like open this one. You know, the other one opened by itself. The chains fell off. I can't even break my way into my own prayer meeting. I can imagine what he's thinking out there, like, let me in, guys. It's really me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but motioning them, it, they saw him, and they were amazed when it opened. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James and to the brothers. Then he departed and went to another place. He's hiding now, you know. But crazy cool moment. I don't know about you. I want to pray for people to get out of prison, and then they show up while I'm praying for them. I mean, why? Because they had the temple and the table. They were in their homes. They were breaking bread. They were praying. They knew each other. Not everybody who fit in the table temple was at that table. They were dispersed. The church on Sunday gathered should be the church on Monday scattered. That's how you reach a city. It's not either or, it's both and. If we want to be a healthy church full of the miraculous, then we need a deep commitment to the temple and the table. Amen? So what do I do now? What do I do? Well, you're already here, so you got the temple thing going. But I would say to you, why not make Sunday worship gatherings and Thursday prayer and worship? We're doing prayer and worship. There's just no sermon on Thursdays. Why not make both of those things immovable? What if making them immovable and a part of your everyday rhythm is where God's going to see the lame walk through you? What if those regular rhythms is what you're missing? What if we have a deep commitment to the temple and the table? What if it's a part of our life? It's a part of who we are. In such a way that God can trust us with the miraculous. Because that's what it is. Not only that, you're, you're here, you're doing it, that's great. But I would encourage you to make it immovable on your calendar. Why? Because we're a people of devoted worship. That's the TRP way. That's the temple. But we're also a people of intimate connection. So you could sign up for a small group. I think that there will be resources for that appearing Behind me, with our lovely QR code, in just a second, you could sign up for a small group. Not that one. There it is. <laughs> Yay. You see all these groups? These are groups that exist right now. And you might, if you have any conviction over today, there should be phones popping up and scanning this. I'll turn around so, you know, I don't look. Anyway. If you look up there and you don't see a group that works for you, maybe God is saying, you should start a group. Can you provide a place that's moderately clean for other humans to attend? You're halfway qualified already. You're halfway qualified. We'll get you the rest of the way qualified. All right? Pastor Jess with our Connections Department is working really hard. We're going to continue to train leaders. It's going to be great. But maybe this is, you're like, I just feel stuck. I feel like I'm not seeing the stuff. Or maybe you saw God move in one way before, but he's not anymore. Maybe you got burnt out. I don't know what it is. But this is a prototype. The temple and the table, you got to have both. 
You have to have both. And if you're like, I don't know, QR codes, signups, systems, structure, I want the spontaneous. Okay, I'll help you. I'll help you. You want spontaneous? Look around the room, find someone you've never had lunch with, and go to lunch with them today. There you go. You're doing small group. You're doing table. And see if God knits your hearts together. Are you with me? If you're like, I don't want the structure. Okay, well, just do the spontaneous. Look around and say, I just saw them, and I felt like I had to go. And God's like, I've been setting that up for 35 years, you know, <laughs> that relationship. Like, it just happened, and God's like, <laughs> yeah. There's an action step, I believe, for every single person here. Amen? This is how day by day people were being added to their number because they had the temple and the table. The resting place has been really good at the temple, historically. Five and a half years of good temple stuff. We've had mighty encounters in here. People have been healed. It's been awesome, right? We've expanded to multiple campuses in just a few short years. We spread out. If we wanted a bigger temple, we could have had one. We could have had like 750 to 900-ish people in one room if we had gone that way. But that wasn't the way the Lord told us to do it. We have these outposts everywhere. But we need more than just a time to worship on Sunday, a time of corporate encounter where we go with each other for the Lord. Beautiful. Keep that in place. Now we need to go with the Lord for each other. We're a people of intimate connection, and the season has shifted. It's not time to go do that instead of this. It's time to add that to this. And we're going to see miracles. We're going to see this stuff pop off because of the ordinary that we give to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Would you stand? We're going to be done. I'm going to ask the prayer team and Pastor Abraham to come up. And we've got to close quickly. But I just want to pray and, and say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this word. God, we receive it. And we say yes to your desires for us as a healthy church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give it up for Pastor Abraham real quick as he brings us to a close. Amen. We have the prayer team up. Come get prayer. Come get prayer if you need prayer. Come get prayer if you haven't given your life to Jesus. If you don't know that he loves you, he loves you. You don't have to do life without Jesus. You don't have to go through your trials and your struggles, your sins and your issues by yourself to then come to Jesus. You will never get done. You need Jesus to stop sinning. You need Jesus to get healed. You need Jesus to be restored. Jesus is the way out. And Jesus is the one that's going to lead you there. Earlier, God also uh, showed me that he's calling his people and his church back to the first love. We started ministry. We started church because we had that one encounter with Jesus. We felt the Holy Spirit and we decided we're going to serve him. But then we got busy. And then we got ministry and we got titles and we got so many responsibilities that now we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to be intimate with the Lord. You started on fire. You started with Jesus. But now Jesus is over there and you're over there. And now you call that normal. But that is not normal. That is not how it began. It began with you in his embrace. And God's calling his people back to the first love. Why is he called the first love? Because he's the one that first loved you. He's the one that first loved me. And everything I do is for him. If you're waiting for your purpose, your purpose is to live on purpose. Just make a decision. I'm going to live on purpose. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to create new relationships today. I am going to take somebody out. I'm going to just step to that person. I've always felt like hugging them. I'm going to do it today. So we're here. We're going to pray, and I'm available. I'll be right here to give you a hug. If you just simply need a hug, come up. The prayer team, I think, is willing to give you a hug too. Sometimes you just need a hug so you could just get the courage. It's like moving. I've gone to help people move. They always laugh at me. Because I'm like, I'm not going back and forth carrying all that stuff. I always say assembly line. Like what? I was like, we're going to get in the line and we're just going to pass it over. It's much easier to pass it over to 10 or 20 people down the line than you having to carry that burden from there to there. Many of you are carrying your burdens from there to there. When God's put prayer people, leaders, and ministers, you're going through journey alone because you're afraid. But we're here to help you, to love you, so we can lift your arms up and we could carry that burden together. Amen? So let's just lift up our hands. Father God, we just say thank you for the leaders. We say thank you for the word that you've spoken through Caleb's lips, Father God. Thank you for our family because this church is our family. We used to live alone. We didn't have friends. We felt like we were forgotten. We felt like we were lost. And yet you chose all these people in this room to be together in this place so we can call brothers and sisters. Father, we pray for a spirit of unity to just come upon each other for the fruit of love and joy and peace and gentleness and faithfulness, kindness and patience and self-control to come upon every person in this room. I pray that you will have a blessed week. And that this now that you're leaving the gathering, you will go and scatter. That you will go impact somebody's life this week. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace. Go in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.